I'm Antoine. I'm Santoine. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Bro, Experience? It's a lifestyle. The lifestyle. Our lifestyle. How that lifestyle been treating you? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. They got us sitting here with uh, best-selling author Trevon Edwards, bro. We finally get a chance to sit down and chop it up and meet each other and kick it. So I can't complain about the lifestyle. What about you? Man, that lifestyle treats me great. It always have. It always will. I heard a lot about uh, Trevon. So it's a pleasure to finally meet you, bro. How you doing, man? Yeah, I can't complain, man. I'm, it's a blessing to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me on your platform, first and foremost. Oh, no but, problem. Uh, and man, uh, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just, just blessed, man. Just, just living life right now. Love Dope. It. So over here at the Connected Experience, man, we just like to get to know the people behind all these things that they're doing. Cause you know, people do press runs and all of that when they got projects. But once those projects is done, people really don't get a chance to know who the person is that's behind these projects, man. And I got a chance to uh check out one of your projects and we'll get into that later but let's let's talk about you got an interesting story man let's talk about growing up in california and florida man because that's that's two totally drastic different sides of the country but it's hot both places that, that that's literally the east coast and the west coast now the uh the weather is similar but i mainly grew up in like florida but i spent a lot of time uh going back and forth between like long beach florida and shit like that but uh before i get into it uh everything i say is for entertainment purposes only. uh i am not an active gang member i am not connected to any active gang members these are all stories that i'm trying to monetize from when i was a teenager so i just want to throw that out there just in case you know anybody's watching you know trying to no, that, that's a great disclaimer, though, because people need to know that people grow and evolve. But yeah. what, I, what you grow and evolve into those things that happen in your past is still a part of you. And you oh. should be able to utilize that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, I wanted to monetize all of the uh, negative things uh, that I that I did when I was a teenager, really, because there's there's no 401k plan like. Like when you a gangster, when you, you gang bang, there's no there's no retirement. You know, you dead or in jail. So I wanted, I'm like, man, like I've been through all this, I've been to prison, and I got out, and then it was just like nothing. I was treated like a scrub, you know. I was just like, no, nah, like man, what what happened like three, four years ago? I'm this big gangster. It's like, nah, nigga, like broke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have no money. So don't nobody care how many people is scared of you when you dusty and you broke. So, right. Yeah. So talk about like we were saying you from you, you. So you were born in Florida and traveled yeah. to yeah. Long Beach. So yeah. what part of Florida are you actually from? Because you're from a small city in Florida, right? Deltona. Like the sub Deltona slash D-Land. And that's where uh, D-Land is where the book Project Baby was. It took place. OK. OK. So growing up down there what was it like when what was the culture shock like when you first went to california when you first went to long beach how old were you i was like i was like 16 but it wasn't it wasn't that much like i was shocked at the fact that it was like like they were we were real similar that's why it was like it was easy for me to get accepted because we had like i don't know we had like similar swaggers we i don't know they was just like damn you went from florida but like 
you just like us. I'm like, damn, like we we all kind of like the same. That's why it was really easy for me and Stanley to get along too. One, because I didn't grow up like beefing with him, you know what I'm saying? Like every day. Yeah. But, and two, we're 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 real similar. We're on a like Cali and Florida niggas. Like, I don't know. We're on the same type of free. I don't know. Now Dude. listen though, what prompted the move to to Long Beach? Did, did mom and dad break up or something? Nah, it was. I wanted to be a part of the, the legitimate Crips. You know. What so I'm saying? you just went out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you left Florida and just went to Long Beach. To be a legitimate Crip gang member. Yeah. That's crazy, but that's dedication. It's, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. And that's why I have to write stories about it. Cause I'm just like, man, ain't nobody gonna believe this shit. Like you just get this shit, like nah. Like right. so when you say legitimate crip, was 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 gang banging going on in your city at the time? And and if it was, how was it introduced to your city? I would. I joined the illegitimate faction of the Crips in my city, and I'm just like, okay. I like there was questions that niggas really couldn't answer because they're not really like connected to the source. So I wanted to be connected to the source. So I made that jump, and I got connected to the source. So when I came back, now I I outrank everybody. So it's like I used to be the nigga that niggas sent to the store. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like a couple years later, like, nah, nah, I'm big dog now, nah, nah. You got to listen to what I say because, like, I'm I'm for real one of them ones and you niggas is just, you know, cheerleaders. Y'all, like, y'all aren't number. Y'all not, like, legitimate. Like, if, if you're going to do something, like, if there's so many people you're calling Crip Blood or I'm a Rolling 60, but you call Slauson and Crenshaw, niggas don't, they don't know them niggas. They don't well, know yeah, them. That, that's actually my biggest, uh, when it comes to gang banging, right? I don't have a problem with gangs per mm -hmm. se. I have a problem with somebody from uh for somebody from Delaware being yes. a rolling 60 crit and talking about Crenshaw and Slauson and never touch the soil, or somebody yeah. from the middle of the east side being a my Piru and they've mm -hmm. never been to where my Pyrus are from. If you gonna be a gang, just be a gang and represent where you from and build that name up. That's that's just how I feel about it. That's that's how a lot of people feel about it. And that's how a lot of, especially the Long Beach niggas, they felt about it. Just like, why don't you just rep where you from? I'm just like, nah, this is what I'm, I was real persistent. I'm like, this is what I'm trying to do. And uh, niggas was like, oh, well you really, really want this. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I really want to be a legitimate Rolling 20 Crip, Long Beach 20 Crip. So I got put on. So and how did they accept you? The when you first touched the soil, this nigga from Florida talking about <laughs> I'm literally here to be a gangbanger. How did they accept? Like, how did they receive that? It's like, I mean, because niggas was already, they already had seen me kind of like online. Oh, you know, okay, okay. They had already seen, they, they were familiar with my face, but they're just like, yo. Who's this nigga way out there talking about he's from the set? He's banging the set. Like, what the fuck? Like, this nigga, who is this nigga? Like, I never seen you in the set. Niggas be like, yo, I never seen you in the set. How the fuck you from the set? I'm like, oh, well, I got put on by X nigga, X nigga, da da da. I'm like, yo, we don't know that nigga. You gotta, you gotta come, you gotta come check in for real. I'm like, oh, man. So. How, yeah. how did you get there, bro? How did you caught a flight? You caught the bus? How you get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught a flight. Where your parents was at? You just bust up at 16 and go be a gang member 3,000 miles across the country, bro. Well, at that time, 
my step parents, well, my stepdad, like, went to Maryland. He's a nigga who was really on me. And my mom, like, she was, you know, bless her, but she was running her business. So it's like, when you're running a business, it's like a baby. You know what I'm saying? So she was trying to, like, she was trying to start, like, a home. Like, she kept, we kept old people in our house. Oh, like, home health care. Home health care. Yeah, we kept old people in our house. So she's busy. She like she got like four or five old people to tend to. She really, you know, like she's thinking, you know, I'm I'm grown, like you know, and I got a little sister and shit like that. So she's not thinking I'm out doing like no dumb crazy shit. But then when I consistently kept getting locked up, I just be like, and since this is suburbs, I was able to pull off like, my, you know, they just racist. They just fucking with me because I'm, <laughs> and that shit lasted for years, for years until I started getting like gang tattoos, and then she started. And like guns and shit. And the how were you introduced to all of this though? Like, how were you introduced to gang banging? Oh, okay. And made a decision to be a crip because you had to be introduced to this even in Florida. So, yeah. how were you introduced to this? Well, this the neighborhood that I was staying in in Deltona, it was called uh Montecito, and we kind of like came together. And during the time, like everybody had like cliques and gangs and shit like that. I think it was like 2004 2005 type shit like that shit was like real popular in school everybody was like oh i'm blood i'm latin king and shit like that so we wanted to start like all the black kids or whatever and puerto rican kids from the neighborhood we kind of like all naturally gravitated towards each other and this is where i wrote uh and money mac murdered this is like the first story so it's like we ended up i ended up joining the montecito boys and we was just like you know, like I said, I was that little nigga. You know, I'm everybody's little brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm the youngest nigga outside. It's just older black kids, but older black suburban kids. And we think we think we thugging, you know what I'm saying? Because we outside, you know, smoking, selling a little weed and shit like that. And we had, like, the hoes come through. The block was kind of turnt or whatever. We used to, my nigga had, uh, he put Lamborghini doors on a fucking Civic. And at the time, that shit was lit. So I'm hanging outside, passenger side, trying to holler at bitches and shit. So I think, you know what I'm saying? And this, this nigga, uh, he was kind of like, you could say my big homie at the time, because he's the one who kind of like pulled me outside. So when I got like, when I joined that little shit, like after a couple months, niggas was like, okay, well, we're going to rock colors. I'm like, all right, cool. That's cool. And then bandanas. I'm like, all right, cool. So what's this about? Da -da -da -da. And then niggas started seeing how we was rocking. And it was like, yo, these, these niggas really think they gangbanging. This is suburbs and shit like that. You niggas like, what the fuck you niggas on? Da, da, da. And it was like blood niggas. We kept getting like, we kept getting into it with like blood niggas. Like they would hate on us and shit. Like, oh, you one of them Montecito boys? Like, nah, like they automatically would like try to target niggas. Like, oh, you one of them Montecito boys? So I'm just like, yo, everybody we getting into it is blood. And my niggas is just like, fuck it. Let's just start like. Acting like we Crips and shit. I'm just like, all right, fuck it. You now know? listen though, were they acting like Bloods or in that portion? Were they real like Bloods? I mean, on the East Coast, you know, we got the whole New York thing, and and everybody in, in Deltona, like, it's a real heavy New York uh, influence. Like a lot okay, of people. Okay, okay, okay. When they hear me speak, they think I'm from New York or they think I'm from up north and shit like that because everybody sounds like that. Everybody has a up north accent. In okay. <laughs> everybody does. But, like, it's a real, real heavy New York influence. Like, uh, and, and when this stuff going on right now, what's the soundtrack to this, uh, to this, to this gang life bubbling up? 
in Florida. What what y'all what are y'all listening to? What music y'all listening to? Lies, Nipsey, Bullets ain't got no names. We was I was listening to uh Gucci, uh fucking franchise boys, T I Jeezy, uh and game. Game. That's when like uh game and fifty cent. That's when I was like, yo, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be outside. I'm trying to be like a tough guy. I'm trying to be like one of them. Game, he was my favorite rapper. I was like, yo, this nigga, yo, he's really like a bully type nigga. Like, that's the type of nigga I want to be like. Then I started hearing about Tookie Williams and shit like that because we was like trying to be Chris. So I'm just like, I started researching this shit. And then I ran into a nigga that was, I don't want to say really what, he was really a part of a non-official faction of the Chris. So he's just like, nah, nigga, like, like, nah, come come join this. And then I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm a Montecito boy. Like, we was throwing C's up and everything. So I just started saying I was uh, from Cito Block Crip. <laughs> I started really trying to push that shit. I was like, I started, I made my own little Crip set. Like, I was like, yo, I wasn't trying to be a Montecito boy. I was really trying to be for real a Crip because, like, everybody I was getting into it was bloods. Like, we was just... Getting, I'm like, yo, I'm everybody I'm getting into, I might as well just be a crip because every nigga I'm, I'm getting into it with his blood. So, so fuck it. Well, I'm just going to say I'm a crip. And then the the, the other non-official crips in the city, they like accepted me. And then when I finally joined the first non-official crips set uh, of the faction of the 20s, and um, I was like, all right, cool. I'm really a crip now. But I was like, there was no knowledge or whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't know shit. So I was, I was online saying I was from twenties and shit like that. And niggas was like trying to check. And I didn't know shit. Niggas was checking your temperature, asking you questions like who is such and such and why, why we do this. And you like, uh, I don't know. Where, where the hood at? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, right. here. So <laughs> listen, your like, first day, in Long Beach, how 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 is it? Like you you your feet on the soil, nigga. You here, nigga. What's how was that to you? Like how you feeling? It was all I I was I was when I got off the plane, I fucking threw up. I ain't gonna lie. I was nervous. I threw the fuck up. As soon as I touched down at LAX, I threw the fuck up. But like when I touched down in Long Beach, like it was all love. All love, all love. like I was I wasn't even expecting love i'm just like yo it's gonna be whatever like i'm, I'm ready ever like niggas want to maybe see why i'm mad or whatever but like niggas are just like yo you really out here nigga? <laughs> like, you really out here like yo nigga. now listen how long was it but be so you started when you when you joined the unofficial uh faction of the set how long was it before you actually went to long beach like what was the time period and when you joined and then you like no i gotta go to long beach it was, I would say it was a couple of years, like, a, like, a, like maybe, maybe like 18 months, maybe like, it was, it was real, it was, it was like a real short time period because it was just like, right after that, I got locked up for three years. It was just like, boom. So you, you come back from Long Beach, now yeah. you the, now you the official, you the big homie yeah. now, you. <laughs> I came back with gas, so I'm just like, nah, nigga, like, you know, I had a different energy. <laughs> I, had, I had a different energy. Niggas like, man, who did, this can't be the nigga that was running to the stove for us. They're like, hell no, nah, this nigga walk around. You, you walk around, chest poked out, nigga, cuz, cuz that. You know everything now. You know all the history, A to Z. 
where this is at, that is, you know, everything. So it was just like, I was going around. I was a nigga that was kind of like responsible for like teaching niggas about their shit. Cause it's like, now I'm the one that knows a lot. I done been sitting there smoking blunts with OGs. Niggas is like 40, 50 years old telling me like, oh yeah, damn, you know, it started over here. Me and such and such did this. This is how the this is how the set started. This is why we wear this color. This is why we wear this and this that that and this is how you do this. I'm just like, look. So you uh, finally got the knowledge, basically, and you take the knowledge back to the neighborhood and say, this is what we go do. If we go do it, we go do it. Now, gonna, when you get hey, back to Florida, you get locked up immediately. Like, how long are you on the street before you get locked up after coming back from Long Beach? Like six months. <laughs> like six months, because I was still in school too. So, but like barely. Right, because you were a sixteen-year-old kid at the time. I was like more like closer, closer to eighteen, really, at this time that I'm talking about now, where I'm yeah. like really active. You know what I'm saying? But it was closer to eighteen when I was for real active, but I was still in school because I like had to repeat the, my senior year because I kept getting in trouble and shit. <laughs> but yeah. So you get locked up when you going through this jail system? Is you cripping in jail in Florida? Hell yeah, like uh. I was real ignorant. <laughs> I was I was real ignorant when I uh, when I was 18, 19, all I wanted to do. And I felt like because you know I'm not like from the projects traditionally or whatever like that. I was a nigga that would just like go to the projects and hang out, but like everybody knew I'm not from the hood, I'm a schoolboy, my parents are preachers and shit. You know what I'm saying? So they're just like, what the fuck is this nigga doing outside? So what actually, so let's get back to your upbringing. You say your parents are preachers. You got a little sister. Your mom's an entrepreneur. Yeah. You, you, you had a stepdad. So that's a two-parent household. You live in Florida. Yeah. And and and, and you say y'all in the suburbs. So yeah. how did, how, what made you even want to go outside? Like what was, what, what, well, what about outside, outside? We mean pursue the street life because yeah. everybody should get the fuck out the house. But what yeah. made you want to pursue the street life? I wanted money. I wanted attention from the girls that I liked. Because, you know, the, the ones that liked me wasn't the ones that I was after. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that I was after was after niggas that, was, that, you know, already had it. They either had, like, a name. Like, oh man, that's that's that nigga who be walking around like beating up people and shit like that, or da da da, or, or that nigga's this, that nigga's a gangster, or them niggas be trapping over there, and then like they they had money, or like they was just like real popular people. So when even when I started with the Montecito shit, like it was like overnight I became like popular. People like knew who I was. We would go to house parties, people were like, oh yeah, I know who you are. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? And this is before social media. So it was really tripping me out how people would really like know who I was. Like, you know, and I'm just like, yo, really like everybody who was popular out here was a gang member. Like they was either blood, Latin King, or Crip. And now Crip this is a this is a crazy question, but maybe you know what blood set were they? Uh there's a lot of G shines out here, and, and the G shines is official. I ain't I ain't gonna front. The niggas is for real. G shines. There's this some nine trays out here. There was the niggas that we mainly got into it was the 20 bloods and they was around the corner. I don't know if the niggas was official, but we would get into it with them niggas all the time. But uh uh there was some niggas claiming dipset. Uh everybody just wanted to be bloods back in <laughs> back. I niggas claiming dipset is a wild ass reality because 
people under, I just was talking to my wife about this earlier today. And I said, people really underestimate how much the music plays a part in the people becoming like wanting to be a part of the underworld. Right. So when me and my brother wanted to be a part of the underworld, it literally had nothing to do with music and more to do with. We wanted to be in the underworld and live the underworld type of life. But the music pushed the allure that the music put yeah. on you about the underworld push so many people to the underworld because everybody's not going to be a gangster. And just because you uh in the underworld, you might be a hustler. You might be a scammer, a pimp, a player. You might get a couple bitches to do a couple things. So that's all underworld activity. You know what I'm saying? Everybody not gangster in the underworld. Everybody in the underworld just connect and it's gangsters and pimps and players and snitches and rats and everything that come with the underworld. Exactly. That I mean, that's how it was presented to me. Like the niggas that uh, like the first like Crips like outside of the suburbs that I like linked up with and those was like the first unofficial faction of the 20s everybody was on some like selling drugs and like pimping type shit and I'm just like man in that, in that point in time I wasn't really that smooth so I couldn't see myself <laughs> like, right right but what really drew me to it was this nigga you know I, I ain't gonna say his name but I, I always I used to say his name all the time but fucking um I, I was just chilling with him. It was just one time we was, he picked me up. He was a little bit older too. He was like, you know, one of the older crib niggas and shit. He was always trying to be a rapper. You know, um, fucking he he picked us up and got a he got a hotel room in D-Land and we was just like smoking all night. Smoking all night. The nigga fucking I'm smoking. I'm passed out. The nigga woke me up, passed me the blunt and shit like that. And then the morning time came and he had he had this bitch I never seen before. And <laughs> She came in, and uh, it was one of his bitches and shit. But I didn't, I didn't know that shit. And I, I seen his wife. He introduced me to his wife like the the week before. So I'm like, okay, bro, got a wife. So we in this hotel room, and this whole other white bitch comes in, and she's mad and shit like that. And she's slamming doors, bro, sleep or whatever. She slammed the door to the bathroom in the hotel. He jump up. He's scared. He 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 embarrassed that he got scared in front of the little niggas and shit. So we go in there. Up the bitch around, <laughs> drag the bitch by her hair, like, bitch, don't be slamming no dogs in here. <laughs> it's a hotel. <laughs> it's a hotel. The nigga jumped up, was like, bitch, don't be slamming no dogs in here. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Dude. I'm just like, yo, what is this? And he's like, bitch, man, take your ass outside, go to work. She's like, I'm going, I'm going. You want anything to eat? I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? What is this? I'm just looking at this nigga. I'm like, yo, you are God. You got a wife? He's like, yeah. I'm like, and, and who is this young lady? That's my girl. So I'm like, you got a wife? And you got a girl? He's like, yeah. Like, they, they know about each other? Yeah, nigga. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm sold. I'm like, whatever this is, I'm a part of it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm all like, yo, teach me how to do that <laughs> how to how to be cool nigga nah. all i wanted was money and pussy man pussy pussy and money That's it. Pussy what money. big city are y'all close to in florida like proximity wise what's the closest big city to y'all damn because my city is in between orlando daytona beach and y'all heard of trayvon martin yeah the city where he got killed is like 15 minutes down the road so we in between like all of that so Central Florida. Okay, you Central Florida. Okay, Central Florida. 
So you so you you come back from Long Beach, you end up in jail with a three year sentence. And what was your first night like after you heard them them gate slam in that penitentiary? Not the county jail, you know. When you, oh, the, well, when I first got to the pen, I was in um there was like this flu going around, so I had to go to confinement. And when I went to confinement, they put me in a cell with a motherfucker I ain't seen since elementary school. This white boy. So I'm just like, Nicholas, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing in here, Nicholas? He's like, Trevon, what are you doing here, buddy? I'm like, bro, nigga, I was robbing niggas and shit, bro. What are you doing? He's like, well, man, I was selling coke, bro. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, you sell coke, bro. He's like, bro, they call me fish, bro. I'm like, Bro, what? Nigga had a fish tattoo and everything. And he told me his trap, I was actually plotting on his trap. And it was he was telling, I was like, man, where the fuck you was selling coke at? He was like, oh, yeah, around the corner from Montecito. I'm like, boy, I was watching you niggas. I didn't know it was y'all. Like, you white boys was for real trapping. I remember, like, they had a petition to try to get them out of the neighborhood and shit. They was literally at the end of my street. And how I was, I'm just like, because niggas was telling me, like, yo, wherever you, wherever you go, that's that's your shit, like man. And, and if if it's your hood, if th if this is your territory, ain't no money being made around here that you don't got your hand in. So if niggas is making money in your little section, you need to go check that. That like nah, like you they gotta you gotta shake down on the niggas. So I'm like yo, damn. They was older too. I'm just like man, these some grown niggas. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like damn. But they ended up getting um. They ended up getting flipped anyways, but I was just like, I had been plotting them and watching them and watching them, trying to like figure out when nobody was in their trap. They always had somebody there at that house. Like they used to have like shifts and shit like that. It was all white people. And then matter of fact, there was one nigga and he had a black and gold motorcycle, one nigga. But everybody else was just white. I'm like, yo, what, what the fuck is going on at the end of the street? Them white boys was getting money. <laughs> them white boys was getting paid. We over here selling Nick sacks, think we doing something. Them white boys at the other side of the street selling dope for real. <laughs> I, I so do you and Nicholas, when y'all in there, y'all get reacquainted? Yeah, he was just like, y'all, da, da da And then uh, he passed me a cigarette. And that was the first time I ever smoked a cigarette was in the box and, and confinement at um, OCI, the Orlando Reception Center. And I hit that shit. I got lightheaded. I was like, oh, damn. Smoke cigarettes now, nigga. Like that's that's the thing. But yeah, like that was my first night. And then when we uh finally moved to what they call a jit dorm, because down south they call like younger people jits. We say jit a lot. So H dorm was the jit dorm at CFRC. So they moved they moved me over to the jit dorm, and I'd have been hearing about jit camp the whole time when I was at uh in uh county jail. All the older niggas like boy. Your ass going to jit camp. Your ass better start doing them push-ups now. Because <laughs> when you get there, niggas going to try your ass off rip. and might just punch you in your shit as soon as you get there, niggas. And you need to be you need to be working out. You need to be getting your hands right. You need to you need to go in there like a gladiator. You need to be getting ready, nigga. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. The whole eight months I was locked up in the county just doing push-ups and shadow boxing and doing um, sit-ups and shit. Were you training to go to prison? Huh? I said you was training to go to prison. I was. I already knew I was going to go. I like my lawyer already was like, yo, there's no way out of this. Yeah, this is going to prison, bro. Like, you caught a robbery case, 
like when I I was already out on bond because I tried to snatch a nigga's chain at school. <laughs> since I was like at that point in time, I was 18. You're a fucking menace at this time of your life. Like snatching a nigga chain at school is crazy. Like yeah. nigga, what? Yeah, no, nah, like, and my family was just like, yo, you you didn't even need to do that shit. I'm like, yo, I just wanted to spread the name of my set. That's all I wanted to know. Like, yo, the, the 20s did this shit to you. Like, yeah. I fucked up shit and be like, yeah, the, the, the Crips did it, nigga. <laughs> like, like, you know. So you so in jail. When, when do you when do you pick up a pen and start writing? That shit, ooh, that came later because when I finally got to my my camp, which was Lancaster, uh, I don't know if y'all know 1090 Jake from YouTube. He's a white boy, white blood from YouTube. He talks about yeah, Hall. yeah, yeah. He be doing the uh, yeah. We were at the same camp, but we weren't there at the same time. So it was like he pretty much became rich off of telling stories about shit that he went through when he went to Lancaster as a white blood. So, yeah, lots of stabbings and slashing. You know, niggas didn't treat bloods like bloods didn't get no love at, at that point in time. But uh, we weren't there at the same time. Uh, I left when he was there. He's a little bit younger than me and shit. But uh, yeah, I went to Lancaster and then fucking shit. What the fuck? The fuck? Oh yeah, the, the pen shit. So I thought I was dumb as fuck because the whole I'm ADHD and I didn't know I'm ADHD. I'm like I can't focus in class. So. You know, when you can't focus in class, you don't want to seem like you're dumb. So you just be like, you know, acting out. So you get kicked out or rode up or whatever the fuck. I show up late as fuck to class and shit like that. Like, and never do my homework. But I would always pass the test because I would be able to remember, even though I wasn't thinking I was paying attention, the teacher would be up there lecturing. I'm up there trying to talk to like all the girls in the class, but I can still hear her. And the shit that she was saying, was getting into my subconscious. So when the time came for me to take a test, I would just close my eyes and remember the conversation that she had. I'm just like, oh, damn, yeah. I remember she said this word and this word and this sentence. And I put it there. And even though I wasn't really comprehending what I was doing, I would just uh, fill in the blanks from the sentences because I remember what she said. Okay. But I wasn't good at school. I never read a book in my life, like a full book in my life until I went to prison. First book I ever read cover to cover was was the Bible. Then I moved on to uh, this book called Dirty Red, and it was this white boy that was from Deltona too. There was a lot of there was a lot of people from um, Deltona at Lancaster when I went, and he was so y'all white boys get busy too. Man, they was for stealing cars and like all kind of crazy shit. So I'm just like, damn, bro, y'all was really like everybody was out there trying to get their little money. I like that's that's cool. We all kind of came up together on the same side of town, but they're just white. But a uh, dude named Fletcher or whatever, he he didn't know me personally, but he heard, you know, that I was from Deltona and he heard that I was like, because when when I went to Lancaster, like niggas already knew me. Like, like that's how like you had made a name for yourself, basically. Yeah, like niggas was like, oh, you that you that nigga? Like, man, I heard you be wilding, boy. Like you be how you in those suburbs wilding, boy. I heard you snatched the nigga chain at school. Yeah, no, nah, like, I was really, really on that shit. Like, I was, I was really, I wanted to be Tookie Williams and Suge Knight so fucking bad. I, I want. I thought I was Suge Knight, really. So I kind of, like, I took on that persona. Because back then, I was, I was 220. 
as high school kids. So I'm literally, I'm bigger. I'm like big man on campus down there at 220. I was like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, so everybody is, is way smaller than me. So I'm like for real in school, like Suge Knight. So yeah, I'm just like, I needed to make a name for myself because three, four years ago, everybody knew me from, you know, just that nerdy nigga trying to make the basketball team. <laughs> so now I'm trying to come out and niggas is just like, oh, this nigga, oh, you a gangster now? Niggas, were, I think I got a chapter in Money Mac Murder called uh, Overnight Gangsters. Cause like niggas used to try to say that shit like, oh, but you niggas is gangsters overnight. Like, hell no, <laughs> we, we not accepting that shit. So I had to go a lot harder because niggas knew me for playing basketball. Like, not no gangster shit. But uh, I read a book called uh, Dirty Red. And it was a book about uh, this fine red bone bitch from the hood. And she, she can have any nigga she wants. And she targets drug dealers. And at the time, I had went to prison for because once once i developed a little bit of game and a little bit of swagger about myself it, i found it was real easy to talk a woman into setting a nigga up <laughs> so that's basically what i was you know i would convince a woman to and it was only weed dealers because back in the day and back out here them niggas didn't have no gun every like in before 2010 like nobody had guns. We was like cool and bad because we was the only niggas in the whole city with pistols and shit. Like this is how like, you know, suburban this place was, you know, like if you had a gun, you was like that nigga, like nobody had pistols. Niggas was gangbanging, throwing rocks at each other. I swear to God. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious, dog. So, oh, so you said, so what you would do, because y'all had the pistols, is you would set the, the dingers up, because you know, I'm going to go in there, they ain't even got no pistols. They don't got nothing. We walking in and walking out with everything. Yeah. It was easy. It was, it was literally just, they have no, just give it up. Yeah. Give easy. So do this book change your life and make you want to be an author since you kind of, uh, you kind of, uh. No. No, like I read, I was just reading so much urban books. It made me want to read. You know, I don't ever think that I would write because I'm just like, at this point when I'm reading, I'm, I still think I'm dumb. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, oh, you know, the only reason why it interests me was because it was a book about, you know, what you were doing. Yeah, shit that I was on, like the vibe, the vibrations that I was on, like, oh, damn. That's, that's the type of bitch that I would like, not even like be interested in romantically, but like, yo, we could rule the world together. <laughs> like, right, right. But and then I read uh, another book called Pitbulls in a Skirt, and it was basically the same vibe where it was like these girls, they're they're like, I want to, I don't want to say married, but they were with these like big time dope boys or whatever. All like is is these clique of girls, and all they niggas is like they all sell dope together and shit like that, and then they all get flipped by the feds, but they need to keep the operation going. So these bitches start like running dope for their niggas while they're locked up and then they and they're in control over like different neighborhoods of niggas and like they're just real boss bitches i'm just like yo i ain't never heard no shit like that a bitch doing no you know boss shit like for real like running niggas that's unheard of and it was right. like that so before i looked up i was like damn i done read 10 books and they were all about gangster shit so i read rich dad poor dad then when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'm like, 
multiple streams of income. <laughs> what is this? Damn. I thought you only, okay, so you get you get this, you get that. Da, da, da. Okay, like, cool. Then I read a book about the stock market. I'm like, yo, when I get out, I'm going <laughs> to, this, this is my life plan. I was like, I'm going to sell coke. I'm going to pimp bitches. <laughs> and then I'm going to invest in the stock market. <laughs> that was my yeah. life plan. But that, that's actually not a bad plan, though. I can't it was, front. Like it's not. It's not. But it's just you know. Not, how far are in you? How far are you into your sentence when you discover reading? Like maybe halfway through. Because I was still trying to be on the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I, I was still trying to be like, okay, everybody know me in here. I'm trying to like you know basically learn how to fight and all that shit because niggas wasn't really fighting like that before we got locked up like you think you fighting but, but when you're in a place where like yo this is what all niggas do like yo this is my spot in line you gotta tighten me up or yo da, 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 this this my um this is my time in the shower like this is this is my time so I, like any little thing like yo this is my spot in the shower line this is my spot here da, da, da. niggas is fighting just because it's friday friday night fights niggas is fighting because you the new nigga in the dorm Niggas is fighting. If you, it's even worse if you claim you gang bang. Niggas gonna be on your ass just to see what you do. Like, oh, you think you a gang member? You, you, you go on there. Like, by the time you hit the dorm, we already know everything about you. Like, you'll be walking with your little sack and all your little belongings, and we're looking out the window. And then by the time you even get to the dorm, like, we already know where you're from, what you bang, all that shit. And niggas is gonna press you while you making up your bed. It's gonna be. Usually it's a nigga like me. I would come in there with, with the broom, real friendly, you know what I'm saying? Real friendly, real cool at first, because you know, I you know, a little step down shit. And I learned this from the Zos. I don't know if y'all know about ZMF and shit way over in uh Detroit, but uh like you know, Kodak Black, he's making that shit famous right now. But it was the shit called Zo Mafia where I was well, where I was at. And them niggas is the kings of extortion and step down this shit. When I they, they Haitians, right? The Haitians, the niggas took me up through there my first week. My first few days, I didn't talk to nobody. <laughs> and then when it somehow, like, it was like 90, every 90 days, there was like a big war that would go on. And I had got there at a time where they were beefing with the GDs. And at that point in time, in the prison system, if you crip, you you labeled as a, as a gangster disciple. So I'm going through the whole time, I'm going through it with niggas, I'm like, yo, I am not no fucking folk, bro. Like, don't come to me. Like, I, I'm not a gangster disciple. I'm a crip. And this is it's different. Like, oh, nah, all y'all is sixes and all y'all rep blue and all that. I'm like, yo, I like, nah, it's it's different. But niggas, it's anything that went on with the GDs, like, niggas was pressing you too. So there wasn't no GDs in the dorm. So niggas was just like, yo, all crips and cutthroats and gangster disciples got to tighten up the zones. And it was just me, some fucking four foot eleven country ass nigga named Short from Tallahassee, and this white boy. Uh, he literally looked like Donald Duck. This white boy with glasses talking about he was crip, and I and at the time I was like, man, I'll take what I can get because these niggas is like, <laughs> I like whatever you you want to do this shit, crip shit with me. All right, so they're like, come back in the room and. Uh, it was my nigga Ike. I got him on Facebook right now. My very first fight in prison. <laughs> I was so green. It's a big ass room. And there's niggas in there. But I'm just thinking, okay, they 
they, they, they just want to see something, you know what I'm saying? Niggas, you know how niggas crowd around, they want to see a fight or whatever. Niggas is looking at me like, oh, yeah, what's up, what's up? And I'm like, like, come back in the room. I'm like, all right, so me and the nigga short go in the room. He go on one side. There's a nigga, like, facing the wall or whatever, like, with his setup on this side and a nigga on that side, like, like with his fucking boots on. My nigga, I, he had, like, no shirt on, his little shorts and his boots on and shit, stretching and shit. They're just like, oh, you gonna you gonna fight Ike? And then the nigga Short was over. And he fought somebody else on the other side of the room. So as soon as I squared with the nigga, and then we started trading blows, and the nigga just boom grabbed me. It seemed like the whole fucking room got up, and then started stomping the shit out of my head. I'm just like, like niggas was just like jumping off the top bunks on my head. Niggas, kicking, <laughs> trying to, niggas was trying to kick me in my nuts, bro. I'm like, yo. I'm literally balled up in the corner of a room. Niggas is stomping me with them steel toe boots, kicking the shit out of me. Some nigga, uh, I'll never forget it. It was this Zoe nigga named Chris, mouth full of goals. I will never forget this nigga in my life. I'm balled up. Niggas is kicking the shit out of me, trying to kick me. He's like, yo, he's like, yo, move, fool. This nigga, he got the lock, bro. He got the lock on the sock. He whacking my ass. I'm like, God damn. I'm just trying to protect my head and my face because I know this nigga's trying to split me. So I'm like, God damn. Niggas just hit my fucking arms with that shit. I'm like, oh my, if this nigga fucking hits me one more time, I'm finna pass the fuck out. That shit, I'm like, God damn. So right when I was about to pass out, the CO comes in. It was, it was a lady. She comes in, all the niggas run out the room. And then my shirt's all ripped up. My face is all fucked up and shit. Everything's all just fucked up. She's looking at me. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Them niggas is, like, right there behind her, too. Like, I wish you would say something, nigga. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I'm straight. Everything's cool, miss. She's like, are you sure? Like, I heard a lot of stuff going on back here. I'm like, nah, we was just working out back here. So when they when she left, I'm, I'm thinking they about to get on my ass again. So I'm just like, all right, cool, what's up? They're like, nah, you good. I'm like, what? It was just like, we just had to handle business because, you know, that was just business. Like, but we actually fuck with you. You you a cool nigga, but like, you know, it's just business. You a crazy that play been called. Yeah, nigga called that shot. That shot got to go out that, got to happen. So listen, when do, you read the books, you got it in your mind, you go pimp and sell coke to yeah. invest in the stock market. When yeah. do you finally say, fuck it, I'm going to be an author. I done read all these books. That was like fucking... I only been writing for like maybe like four years. That's because I used that was, to. That was that was because your grandmother passed that you started yeah. actually writing, right? Yeah, yeah. When my grandma died, you know that was my baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm a grandma's boy. So when she died, I was like lost mentally, and I went through a lot of shit mentally that I didn't understand, and I feel like I was like kind of almost like sleepwalking. Like I would just I turned into a wino. Now, I would wake up drinking wine and shit like that. I'm drinking a little wine right now. I still enjoy a little taste, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nah, I was just drunk all the time. I could never drive nowhere because I was always drunk. And I, I didn't want to work. I couldn't work. Well, I could work, but I didn't want to work. All I did was fucking sit around, feel sorry for myself and fucking get high all day and shit like that. So I literally was just numbing myself, numbing myself from everything and anybody and anyone that would come over, I was I found myself just pouring my life story out to them, just like venting and venting and venting. Like somebody is just like they'd be coming over to visit my girl, and I'm just coming out there, just like, hey, yeah, oh my god, I was like, guess what happened to me? 
I'm like, oh my god, like like just venting and venting and venting. And I feel like it, it was my girl's homegirl. Like I don't know if she was like being funny or if she was for real being like like inspirational. But she was just like, yo, you you should write a book. I'm like, and it was like mid. I'm like telling her war stories, prisons, unsolicited prison stories. <laughs> Yeah, and then, then I whacked the nigga with a lock, and then, oh my God, they, they stomped me the fuck out, and then da-da-da, man, I seen the nigga get stabbed in the neck, and she's just like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> hey, she's like, you wildin', son. <laughs> like, you need to do something with this, you know? Uh, right. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I should channel that energy because I find myself just like venting and giving people unsolicited gang and prison stories because that that's all i had at that point in time that's really all i had experienced so that's all i could talk about and i just i felt like i just needed to i just i don't know just uh i just needed to fucking vent because i felt like damn my grandma's gone i'm alone i don't have i don't have i don't have nothing and i don't you know i fuck with niggas that's why niggas really don't fuck with me like that they don't like it because they call me bougie and shit because it's like i fuck with niggas but then you know i I, I prefer to be around my bitch or my girl. I don't, she don't like when I say the B word, but uh, my girl, or I prefer to, the company of a, a woman all the time over a man. So, right. no, yeah, 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 me too, a thousand percent. I For ain't sure. handling no hard legs, homie. Yeah. So, so now you write your first novel Money Mac Murder. Money Mac Murder. Yeah. Describe the feeling of you first holding. The print copy in your hand. The very first time you touched the print copy of Money Mac Murder. That was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I really just wanted to see my name on some shit. And I started with me losing my grandma. It really had me thinking about life and legacy and doing something that would outlive me. Cause I'm just like, damn, what, what can I do? That's going to make sure that I, because I want to live forever, nigga. Like, that's my thing. I want to live forever. And one thing that lives forever is, is these books, texts. So I wasn't even planning on publishing it because at first, even anybody that reads Money Mac Murder, it starts off by me talking about my, like, I started talking about my earliest memories as a child. And it was me talking to my grandma saying that I wanted to be rich. And then I skipped to, my other earliest memories is when I first saw the first pimp I ever seen in my life. I was probably like, cause I lived on the Holstro. Like my grandma, where my grandma lives, that is like heavy, heavy prostitute, prostitute central. And so I'm on the porch watching women get in and out of cars. And then I'm watching the dudes walk up and down the street with their suits on looking fly and shit like that. And I'm seeing niggas and I'm seeing a dope boys drive by with the fucking with the 24s and the 20s and the 22s and the loud systems. So, so you pretty young, man, because you talk about 2004. And I saw, what's your age range? I'm 33. I know okay. I, look, I look older and shit, but you know, it's because I'm bald. Prison. I lost all <laughs> prison. <laughs> so after you, uh, when do you decide to publish though? Like, when do you say I'm publishing this? This got to go out. The world got to know this story. Uh, It was... When I got done with Money Mac Murder, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna just put this out and like just see what happened. But um, 
Matter of fact, before that, I wrote a book on fasting. That Yeah, that was the very first book that I wrote because I used to be a personal trainer. So uh, I was trying to fucking like uh, monetize what I knew and it'd be easier if I could just put it in an ebook and I could reach people that I could never reach physically for a training session. So I started putting all my little workouts on like, you know, like a uh, paper, not paper, but like in a little file. And then I started uploading my workouts and shit. Cause people were like, yo, what workouts do you do? I'm like, oh, well, I got them on Amazon, da, 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 99 cents. Then they're like, oh, well, how do you lose weight? And da, da, da. so I wrote us like a guide of how to lose weight and shit. Then I put that on there. And then that's when Money Mac Murder came about. So I'm just like, I already know that I could write. So I, I wanted to kind of tell my story my way so when I'm not here years from now or whatever and somebody reads it, it's just like, damn, there's this place called Deltona in D-Land in Florida and way back in the early 2000s, them niggas was out there wild. <laughs> now listen, while you doing this writing, are you going back and forth to Long Beach or you just had went that one time? And yeah, well, I was writing, I was definitely going back and forth and hanging and shit like that. But I'm, I wasn't like an active participant. I'm just like, you know, like, oh yeah, that's the homie. He's, you know, he, he changed it. I was the homie that changed his life and shit because before, cause I tell everybody, I, I feel like I jumped off the porch twice. Yeah, jumped off the porch, went to prison, got involved with fitness and shit like that, came out, started doing being a personal trainer and shit, did a little bit of modeling and shit. You and did then, some bodybuilding too at one point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was competing in bodybuilding and shit like that. And then that's that's when I kind of started getting attention. And then that's when like niggas was just like, hey, don't don't forget about the hood now. <laughs> don't forget about the set. So you wanted to be Tookie Williams for real, because Tookie was a bodybuilder. Yeah, that yeah, Tookie and um and Arnold. Because when I, I read Tookie Williams' book like four times when I was locked up, uh, Blue Rage Black, uh, Blue Rage Black Redemption. Did read you that. read uh, Monster Cody Scott book? I didn't read that one, but I watched the movie like three times for hey, sure. Man, I read that book when I was a kid, man, and I thought to myself like, this guy is a monster. That yeah. When they when they had that shootout in the grocery store with his mama three hours over, I couldn't I, I, I couldn't believe that man. That shit had California seeming like the wild wild west, like little. Yeah. You feel Don't what I'm saying? And, and 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 my pops and shit and uncles and shit is it was uh, involved in the underworld and, and get busy with them guns and shit. But that shit right there, I couldn't imagine having the shootout in the grocery store with my mom three hours over it, let alone even in the same grocery store. That's wild. That was wild to me. Yeah, no, uh even even out here, niggas niggas run down on you when you with your uh when you with your mom, when you with your girl. I done caught niggas slipping when they was with they bitch and I didn't give a fuck. So that's why I always kept a pistol on me. <laughs> Cause this is like a blood city. Well really now it's like more so a Latin King city. You, you know what I'm saying? So uh either way, not really too quick friendly, but Niggas, niggas know me, so that's why I'm I'm good. Niggas like man, you know, niggas niggas know me from back in the day. Like if you bang on whatever, like you, you know me. Right. So um, when you release Money Mac Murder, with the success of it, you said I'm a full time author because that led to you actually 
Nah, I was still, I was trying to be, still trying to be street famous. Cause <laughs> after I put out Money Mac Murder, it was like, uh, I think I think I started trapping again. I don't know. After that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I went back to the street because I was like, yo, these personal trainings, the personal training wasn't paying the bills, and I was making more money selling weed to my training clients than I was actually training. <laughs> so I'm just like, yo, I'm I'm gonna just sell weed, <laughs> like. Cause I could stay here for an hour and make you do burpees and squats and lunges. And you know, at that point in time, I was, man, I, I was real just sloppy with my shit. I'm like training people smoking blunts. I'm just like, yeah, 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 four more. Four more. Nah, this, this, ain't, this ain't my workout. Don't look at me. This is your workout. <laughs> so I, was, I lost like, I don't know. I lost that, that edge, but I was just like, no, nah, this ain't really, uh, I'm not making no money uh, training nobody. It was cool, whatever, but it we, was cool to say, but it ain't. It wasn't a cool job because it wasn't bringing in the money. No, I mean when I was in prison, it was. It sounded like it was like I'm like yeah, like if, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. If if I don't become a pimp and sell coke or whatever, I'm gonna be a personal trainer because like everybody. That's one thing. I, I used to let everybody work out with me, whether it was Blood King, like. When we was on the rec yard, none of that shit mattered. We'd be full-blown war in the dorm, but when it came to that workout shit, like, niggas be like, yo, I'm, I'm finna work out with you. And like, we really bonded over, like, working out together and shit like that. So, so in one instance, working out saved your life because it was a common ground. A lot of instances, because being a crip in the prison system, you're always going to be outnumbered. In Florida, there's literally, crips are non-existent. There was probably like five Crips in the, in the entire compound at Lancaster. So that's why usually the Crips in the prison system run with the gangster disciples because gangster disciples are plentiful in uh, the prison system in uh, Florida. Every time I went to jail, I met a gangster disciple. So like, you, you don't see them. They come mostly white boys, but uh, the Daytona area, a lot, lot of gangster disciples. So... So when do you decide to write? Because uh, you write actually was what what people might not know about you. You write actually street romance novels. Yeah, the the street romance novel came from because I wanted to add, I, you know, my wife to the storyline of Money Mac Murder because she is a huge influence to how the story came out because. When I got out, I got into a relationship with her. So actually, like, she's a huge part of the whole Money Mac Murder plot. So I'm like, damn, I got to tell her story now. Because I told the Desiree story, and I'm like, I, I got to tell, you know, my girl's story and what it would be like basically being a girl from the suburbs, being this wild-ass nigga. And, you know, because when I was when I was on a... Fucking, cause when I got out, I was on house arrest, and uh, she, I was still trying to trap, <laughs> cause I had to pay seven dollars a day for the little ankle monitor shit with no job. I'm 22 at the time, no, no money, no nothing. So I'm like, I, I gotta do something. So I was selling my little Nick sacks, and she would drive around town for me and make deliveries. 
And at that, like, that was like, you know, I was just like tested with a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And she was just witty. I'm like, yo, all right, well, go here. Pick like, this the one. Yeah, I'm like, go here, pick this up, take this off. So, like, I'm calling plays and she's doing, you know, she, she's she running them. You coaching huh. and she, she, you, you the coach of the team and she the uh, player. And any woman, like, yeah, any woman that uh, is down for me like that, you know, I'm, that really just made me fall in love with her even more. But, um, now, why you doing all this and you in jail and all of that shit? How's your relationship with your moms? Oh, man, you know, that's, I'm, I'm a mama's boy. I got her name tattered on me and shit like that. Mom, she got PTSD from this whole situation because she was just like, uh, I remember when she found out I was a crip for real, for real, like not just saying it and just like playing and shit. She cried. She cried. She cried. She cried. She cried. And I could tell her heart was broke. She cried and she saw the tattoos on me and, and the guns and I was coming home beat up and shit because I'm getting into it with blood niggas and <laughs> getting beat up and shit. And she's just like, well, why are these boys hitting you? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And then she did her own little research. And she's just like, you know what? I've been finding guns in your room. And you never wear red. <laughs> like all your clothes are blue now blue or black or gray like that's all you wear is blue mainly and you you'll never wear red no more are you in a gang i'm like nah 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 she's like okay well then we'll then put this red shirt on it was a it was one of my old bulls jersey and everybody that knows anything about gang banging like the bloods were the, the bulls and shit like that the b-u-l-l-s body unity love lust and soul that's that's they five so i'm like I'll never wear a bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, she made me put the bullshit on and walk down the street. So I'm walking down the street. I'm like, I'm not thinking that nobody's going to trip on me because this is my block. It was a crip nigga from the other side of town who didn't <laughs> tell me hanging out the window like, fuck slobs, nigga. Fuck slobs. I'm like, I'm a crip, nigga. <laughs> but he kept he, he kept driving, though. I'm like, nigga, I'm a crip. <laughs> I'm like, I knew exactly who it was. It was this white boy named Shrek. He was from Rolling 30s. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but he was hanging out the window like, nigga, fuck slobs. <laughs> I'm like, yo, damn, man. That is hilarious, dog. Yeah, that, that was real life, nigga. New suburbs, nigga, suburbs. So, so when do you hook up with Stanley? Because you got money, uh, money, Mac murder. Yeah, you go back to the streets. But eventually you hook up with Stanley because of your writing, right? When do this yeah. occur? Yeah, like when when he reached out to me, uh, like I thought he was good. I thought it was on some funny shit. I thought he was trying to get me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's how Long Beach is. Long Beach is the all like the all Crip city. Every yeah, a lot of all Crip on Crip violence, right? All every single black neighborhood in Long Beach is a Crip one. And that's what I love about Long Beach. I love the fact that it's an all Crip city in every black neighborhood and even some Asian ones are Crips. Everybody's Crips. Everybody's walking around, cuz, cuz, cuz. That shit is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. If you've never seen that before, and then, cause it, out here on the East Coast, grown ass people aren't gang members. You don't, you don't see people that are like 30, 40 plus still walking around talking about cuz, cuz, cuz. But out there, niggas 50, 60, Old as fuck talking about oh crip. I'm like, yo, this is where I need to be. This this is 
this is home, nigga. And niggas was just like, yo, we fuck with you. They like fully embraced me. So they're just like, nigga, you you Long Beach. I'm just like, oh man, that's that's what it is. So and when I'm, he reached out to you, were you in Long Beach or were you back in Florida? I was in Long Beach when he uh reached out to me. And since I wasn't, like I said, I'm not born and bred, I had no idea how deep the beef went. So I'm just, I'm talking to this nigga, I'm talking to this nigga, I'm, I'm with the homies, I'm outside. <laughs> I'm outside with the homies and shit while Stanley's writing me. I'm just like, yo, like, y'all know this nigga? They're like, oh, hell no. Nah. Don't fuck with that nigga, Kev. Like, yo, hell no. Nah. Like, we got beef with them niggas. Like, we fuck with them niggas for real. Like, we drop one of them niggas for real. I'm like, for real? Like, yo, cuz probably try to get you, bro. I'm like, damn. I ain't even know, cuz I'm like, man, he came on me with some cool shit. Niggas was just really in my head, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't okay, do it. What made you not listen to him? I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> so, like, if you telling me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, I would be like, I would do it. Like, don't. <laughs> so, naturally, I'm a rebel. So, I checked him out. I started doing research on him. I looked up, I looked him up on YouTube. I'm like, damn, this nigga got an interview with street gangs and shit like that. I'm like, what? Like. This nigga's a real deal. I'm like, yeah, he's from Four Corner Block, but I'm like, he seemed like he's like a real, like intelligent motherfucker. Like, he, like he seemed like, yeah, he don't put in some work, but he seems like he's like elevated from that shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I reached back out to him, but we couldn't link before I got back on the flight. But I'm just like, we kept, we kept talking and kept talking and kept talking, and then um. I had I was already probably like 75% done with like Project Baby. I was gonna put that out. And then he hit me with the like, yo, like I wanna sign you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like to a to a publishing contract. I'm like, you wanna sign me? He's like, yeah, I'll I'll pay you X amount. I'm like, nigga, you finna pay me. And at this point in time, I had never I was having trouble selling my copies of Money Mac Murder and shit like that. So I never expected to make no money off my books. I'm just writing this shit for entertainment and entertain myself, really. But the nigga's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pay you, I'm gonna send a check. I'm like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, whatever. The nigga, you know, he's bullshitting, he's capping. When that check got here, I'm just like, bro, this nigga really paid me. Now I gotta finish the story. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, damn. But I, when he uh, when he paid me, I didn't even I, I wasn't even done with the story yet, bro. So I'm like, yo, this nigga paid me for some shit that I ain't even like, yo, he he trusts me that much to like pay me in full for some shit that I I didn't even give him yet. I wasn't even done with the story. I could just be like, yo, fuck you, nigga. I'm keeping your money, and he took that risk. So that made me not want to fuck him over because I'm just like, yo, he. Like, we're already taking a risk fucking with each other. And he, he's going to send me some money and trust me off the strength that, I, that I'm going, you know, hold up the bargain on my end because I could have just blocked the nigga and kept the money. But I'm happy you didn't do that because that could have possibly reignited the beef in Long Beach. And you ain't even in Long Beach to have to bear that beef. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Niggas is real big on if you're not from around here, don't start nothing because niggas got to live there. And well, you get on the plane and go back home. So, it, you know, niggas is real big on like, nah, don't, 
Don't be trying to come out here acting all tough. That's that's why niggas fuck with me because I wasn't out there trying to be like super tough gang banger. Like, oh, I'll go out here and fade all these niggas. I'll go out here like, nah, like nigga, I'm about money. I like my money, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I, I box. So if we gonna line it up, we, we can line it up. But you know, I, I ain't no killer or nothing like that. You know, so don't so put no- Project Baby end up being big for the whole company. Talk about that. I man, I didn't think that like that's one of the stories I didn't I never thought that that shit would even go as big as it went because that was just a spinoff because I'm like because Project Baby is a spinoff of Money Mac Murder because it's it's basically to, uh, Money Mac Murder is based on my life and how Project Baby came about is because that was a time when I was going around in Central Florida all Central Florida G checking Crips. G checking you. If your shit wasn't right, I was stripping you. And if I ain't heard of your set, you niggas ain't crip no more. So it was just kind of just like I was going around G checking shit and I found these people. So you going around bullying the whole Central Florida? I, not the whole Central Florida, but just uh, other crips because I was like, okay, when I had that gas, I'm like, all right, before we start doing like beefing with other people it's time to do like clean my own house up so i wanted to make sure this shit was being ran correctly and the west coast way i i ain't i ain't care i don't care if you from new york i don't respect that shit if you claiming you crip we we following la politics and you're gonna do it this way and this is how you're gonna do it so and i wasn't the only one that was on the vibe like there was 30s there was rolling 30s and rolling 60s out here so we had this thing that we like to call the ozone so there was the 20s, the 30s, and the 60s. So it was like, if you wasn't rolling 20s, rolling 30s, or rolling 60s, we wouldn't have that. Like, you had to, you was going to have to be one of those sets. You were going to have to be, fall up under one of them things. So when I heard about the insane Garfield Crips, like, niggas trying to do their own thing. They wanted to be Crips. You know, the same, similar story, but they was in the projects with it. So now we some kids from the suburbs, because we got all the knowledge. These, we looking at them like, them the country-ass niggas. We the city kids. <laughs> we so they over here trying to do the gang thing. They still uh, saying gangster disciple knowledge, throwing up sixes and shit like that. So we just like, oh, you niggas is nah, you you niggas is not official. So check me out, you niggas like you don't you don't come to either twenties or thirties, or it's gonna be problems. Like we either we either gonna beef with you, or you could be a part of us. Like we went over there on they block, and was like, you could either be twenties, thirties, sixties. Or nothing, and niggas was like, "All right, we we gonna be rolling 30s. I was like, "That's what it is now." So this this whole shit over here, all you niggas, everybody, this this rolling, this rolling crib now. So we would have all the crips just come, and like that's how we, cause when I was in uh, Cali, like niggas teach you how to take over neighborhoods. Like there's there's really like a it's a science to this shit, it's taking protocol. over neighborhoods and controlling, keeping control and. Intimidate. It's it's a whole. It's mainly psychology, really. And um, so once you really get the game of how to like uh, take over some shit, the first thing is presence. Show presence. So when we want when we, when we want to take over some shit, I'll just like have niggas from like Orlando and Sanford and all over. We'll just start hanging on that block. We'll just be there, super extra out with like all bandanas on, mugging mugging niggas and shit like that. You have just like. It was quiet yesterday. Now there's 30 niggas wearing blue on your block tomorrow. <laughs> and like, damn, what the fuck? So like, that's the first stage, like visibility. I call it the visibility stage. So motherfuckers see it like, yo, what the fuck is that? Then like, 
once they like after like a few weeks of like the visibility stage niggas start to like asking questions then you started like oh like who runs this shit like who's like who's the niggas who like get into shit who the niggas around here like selling dope who the niggas around here hitting licks like those niggas i want to link up with and then we hit them with the same thing like look and we we deeper than them you know because we would absorb we would just go around and i took this from um tookie williams because this is how tookie spread the crips on foot he would go around and absorb smaller gangs so it's like we're deeper than y'all so we, we could either beef with us or be a part of us and everybody always chooses to be a part of the bigger this the safety and numbers there was niggas who still to this day hate my fucking guts but just because they didn't want no beef they they go ahead and uh follow the program because it's just like damn like it's only five of us and you know niggas together every day and like this we're just we like 30 deep and we we together we 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 hop out four or five cars deep on your block yeah so project baby actually got y'all some news coverage and everything because it was big hey. for the city of long beach that y'all y'all two sets will actually even work together talk about the exposure and the visibility stage of that because that was the same type of visibility stage yeah. so talk about that yeah uh well being being on the news for project baby i say it's a gift and a curse because <laughs> That shit, once I got it, nobody had no, like, I didn't get no hate or whatever until I got on the news. And, uh, the like, the reporter kind of reported it that, like, you know, I was saying that I was, like, born there. And, like, niggas from Long Beach, like, they're real big on, like, if you're not born here, you can't really, like, you know, like, claim the city or whatever. But also... You, you can't capitalize off of it. They didn't want me cap like you know, kind of looking at it like this nigga is eating off of our city and he's he's really from the east coast and shit like that. But in the same breath, you know, like another group of niggas would be like, We love you, we accept you, you're one of us. And how LA goes, when you get put on a neighborhood, that's your hood. Like you are you you're not getting you're not joining a gang, you're being accepted into a neighborhood. Is it's different, like Gang banging on the East Coast, because it's like, when you're on the East Coast, you're joining a gang. And it's like, maybe like 10, 15 of y'all. But on the West Coast, it's, it's the entire neighborhoods and families of people, generations of people that have been doing this for like 30 plus years, that it, it's like a fucking... It's like getting married into a family. Like, it, your parent, yeah, like, now you're a part of the family. You're not a stepchild, you're a bonus it, child. It's a, it's a very dangerous fraternity <laughs> and <laughs> a blessing to be a part of, especially if you're not, if you don't have any blood ties. So, somebody like me, not having any blood ties and still being accepted as a full-fledged, legitimate, for real member, like, I could go whenever, no escort, no big homie, pull up to the hood park and it's like, oh, what's up, bro? Like, everything's cool. And then I started bringing people from Florida with me. <laughs> I started just bringing people like, yeah, bringing people to the block, to the hood. Niggas was just like, nigga, what? Like, you got me outside, like, South LA, nigga, like, yeah, nigga, like, this my hood. This is my shit, nigga. Niggas like, I'm out here uh, 2,000 miles away Chilling at chilling at the hood park, smoking and shit with my niggas from Florida and shit, and got like the homies like, oh, what's up, bro? And there's there's no issues like, oh, who's that? Oh, like, oh, these my niggas from Florida. Oh, what's up, man? All love. So 
nigga see that shit like, yo, this nigga got the juice. <laughs> but after being on TV and, and getting closure that we got and niggas. Then the hate started coming, huh? Man, niggas, I, I never in my life thought that it would be this much hate, especially where, like, last year was all love and, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm everybody, like, everybody's favorite little brother. But now, when you, when you do a couple things that uh, niggas really don't approve of, you know, uh, when niggas can't control you, they, you know, they take the other route. So, when niggas seen that I, they couldn't really control me, niggas started trying to do slander campaigns and all this weird shit or whatever. And uh, all this effeminate ass internet bullshit. And I'm just like, yo, I, I thought niggas was gangsters. <laughs> niggas was just doing all talking on the internet and all that bull bullshit. And, uh, but, that, but that don't stop the momentum of the book. That actually helped with the momentum of the book, right? I was trying to tell niggas, I'm like, yo, you niggas, you niggas not liking me and not liking me fucking with Stanley and, and talking about me and this and that. People are like, yo, who is this nigga? And why y'all niggas hate this nigga so much? Then they check me out and be like, yo, this nigga is actually, he, he's a cool nigga. You niggas is actually corny. <laughs> it's like, it, it always it always works out in my favor. Like, they always bring people, especially women, uh, my way. Because it'll be like, niggas, it'll be like, especially, I write romance. It'll be like, oh, that's when niggas really stop <laughs> liking me, too. Because <laughs> niggas, they had a copy of my book. It was my, it was my whole boy. We, man, we grew up basically riding bikes together. His baby mama had a copy of my book. Man, this nigga started like he turned into one of my worst enemies. You never would have think this nigga used to be all at my grandma's house, and I used to be riding bikes to his house and shit like that. The way the nigga be trying to slander a nigga on some bullshit. But it's so all be before we get up out of here, uh, talk about the uh, the other book, Confessions of a Side Nigga. Confessions of a Side Nigga. Oh man, I I dropped that because. I felt like I wanted to write like I wanted to write a comedy, but I also wanted to write like an erotic thing. And I wrote that story. I actually saw the cover. So I saw the cover and I bought the cover before I ever wrote the story. So I'm like, what is the vibes of this cover? Like he looked like he about to hit the pussy and it's not his. He looked <laughs> He looked like this is a this is somebody's wife that he's about to like devour. So I'm like, he really looks like a side nigga. So uh that I'm like, damn, confessions of a side nigga. That has a real good ring. So that's that's really how that story came about. Cause I was just looking at the cover and the the storyline just came to me from just looking at the cover. That's dope, bro. That's dope. That's actually dope. Yeah, that's dope. So what you what are you working on currently? Project Baby 2, man. I never in my life thought that uh uh we would we would have a sequel, but man, every but coast to coast, and it's like Project Baby is bigger in California than it is in Florida, because just like how on the East Coast we're you know uh infatuated with them, they're infatuated with us on uh, on the West Coast. They're just like, damn, that makes sense. There's Crips in Florida. Like when I was out there in Long Beach, I'm just like, oh yeah, that, you know we got like homies in Florida, nigga. We know we got a whole like we we deep out there, boy. Like we got we got a hood in Florida. Like nigga, pull up. Like what? There's Crips way out in Florida. Like what? Like niggas was kind of just like looking at me like I was an alien, cause to them, this is like just some shit that got started down the street, you know, by the cousin, you know, uncle and them, and this is some shit that their your family does. It's just like, damn, you niggas way 2,000 miles away 
is doing this shit just like us? Damn, that's crazy. There's Crips all the way on the East Coast. Like, they're really just, like, uh, infatuated with the fact that there's Crips and Bloods that want to... That is spread it. That, it. that is really out there. Legitimately spread it, like, uh, L.A. sanctioned. So, they, you know, they, they like this shit. They, they like to travel and, and have people everywhere in every state. So when they pull up, Florida, they know, oh, shit, we got, we got homies in Florida, so... People from California come to Miami all the time. So they know when they come out here, they, they're good. Right. So when 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 we looking at releasing Project Baby 2? Man, I ooh, I I want to shoot for uh the, the summertime, but it's really up to Stanley. But I wanna um I I, I really I gotta I'm still outlining. Because I, I want this shit to be the greatest thing ever. Because this is ain't going to be no part three. So I want to be able to just close the book on this and put it to bed. And then the readers be satisfied because people are just like, yo, what happens next? What happens next? Like, what, what happens to Desiree and, and all this shit? And, and what happened? And and it, it's crazy because, like I said, that was that's like a real person. Uh, actually, one of my co-defendants, Desiree Hansen. Oh, <laughs> so, straight up? Yeah, that's why my way of like kind of getting back was using her story and her likeness and monetizing that. So it's just like you gonna tell on me, shit. I'll, I'll get paid for it later. That's all good. And one last thing you got going on, you actually run a vegan. You 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 run yeah. a vegan uh, restaurant, correct? Uh, not a restaurant, it's a meal prep business, and we operate out of uh, like you heard of like ghost kitchens and things like that. Like, we'll I do heard of ghost kitchens, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do pop ups and things like that. We'll go to uh, different uh, privately owned kitchens and operate out of there and cook out of there and uh, pull up in Orlando because Orlando the vegan scene is heavy, but yeah, vegan takeout that's uh, me and my wife run that shit, and we got a uh, live aesthetic that's our vegan skincare line too. That we just just came out. We're just trying to push that shit now too. Everything's all vegan, urban free, cruelty free, all that. Cool, cool. So how can people contact you if they need to get in contact with you, bro? At Travon the Creator on Instagram, uh Travon Edwards on Facebook. If you you wanna uh you wanna work, let's work. I'm ready. And where can they order the books from? Amazon or Stanley. Correctly. Okay, bet, bet. And if y'all want to get in contact with me, man, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. What about you, SJ? Hey, man, if they want to get at me, man, they can uh, contact me at www.1sljackson.com. You can order your copy of the award winning novella, Animal Instinct, The Urban Jungle, or you could go to Amazon and you could type in the Adventures of Shelby Sunshine. That's a best selling children's series book that I write with my daughter. Or you could type in Justice for Nikesha, Father's Pain. That's a true crime novel that me and Calvin Hawkins just released about the murder of his daughter. It's a true crime novel. We had hit the charts uh, in the true crime new releases. We was top 10 for a couple weeks. We uh, looking for that number one spot. That's how you contact me. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. I want for my brother what I want for myself.